There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Eat Sleep Work Repeat, a weekly series of podcasts about happiness and work culture. Hi, this is Bruce Daisley. This is Eat, Sleep, Work, Repeat, as the man said. It's a podcast about happiness and work culture. How can we be happy at work? I don't know. I'm barely surviving hay fever here. Fantastic feedback from the Rory Sutherland episode. I think that's set to be our biggest ever episode. I honestly thought by putting Harry Styles in one of the titles, it'd sort of be this clickbaity, it'd draw all these teenagers in. Didn't work, who cares? Something to let you know about, a few people have said to me they're interested in what conclusions we can start to draw as we're sort of looking at culture here and we're going through these things. And to that end, I'm starting to think about having an event probably in July in London. So if you're interested in being on the mailing list for that, you can go to our website and our website is eatsleepworkrepeat.fm. Add your email address on the box on the homepage. You'll, you'll be the first to hear about that event when it happens. The whole website's got embedded audio players so you can listen to every episode while you're there. And I read a brilliant article this week by a guy called Ian Tate. Ian's the Executive Creative Director of the ad agency Wyden and Kennedy. His article was in the Creative Review. It was entitled, Creative Brains Need Time Off. And the whole piece doesn't really need shortening. It's a fantastic read. I've tweeted it from our Twitter handle. If you search for Eat, Sleep, Work, Repeat, He says, increasingly, the challenge that he and his colleagues are observing is that modern life is making the burden on people in their teams too hard. You know, the device in our hands is stealing so much time from us. We can't find time to be creative anymore. So Widens have have created some new rules. Meetings will only be between 10 and 4, representing an understanding of how people's rhythms are different. They're asking people to not email in the evenings. It's a great read. It challenges you to think about what norms you would change in your own work environment. A lot of people say to me, you've been talking about these things and talking about how we can re-engineer work and what are your own personal conclusions. And today's guest, I think, is the closest to what I personally believe. I think you're going to, here's to today's guest. Some of the, sometimes the ideas that when we first hear them are most jarring and most sort of discordant are the ones we come to love the most. And I suspect that's what you're going to think about today's guest. So today's guest is Jodie Thompson. 
She's going to talk about the results-only work environment. This is something that her and her colleague, Callie Ressler, came up with while they were working at Best Buy, of all places, working at Best Buy's headquarters. And they started thinking about the, the whole nature of work and how work can be more focused on output, not input. Remember, if, if you went to college, no one cared if your essay took 100 hours or 10 hours. The best essay got the best mark. And that's what Row is. Row is the results-only work environment is just focused on the best work. So in this interview, we talk about Row. We talk about a book about it written by Callie Ressler and Jodie Thompson. That's called Work Sucks. As you hear, they've, they've written a couple of other things as well. The two authors were working in the, the Best Buy HQ when they, they came upon a way to assess people on the not by the hours they were working, but by the results they achieved. So as I say to you, there's going to be some of this where you hear it and go, that wouldn't work here. And my question to you all the way through is ask yourself, but wouldn't it? I love their system. I have to admit uh, that the book doesn't fully bring out the glory of it, but there's plenty of YouTube videos as well. It's a brilliant system and it, and it leaves you with a lot of questions about your own work. I think Jody here suggests that the only way to make it work is to hire them as, as consultants to implement it, which I didn't fully buy that. But uh, it sounds like the sort of thing that consultants say. Have a listen. I'm keen to hear your views. Right, so as we go into the piece, let me really be clear what row is. Row is a system where you're accountable only for the outputs that you achieve, only for the final products you do. So you're not uh, charged with being in work at any particular hours. In fact, if you wanted not to come in at all, that's entirely appropriate. Most people do choose to come in for some hours every day, but as long as you deliver what you're asked to deliver, the company will not ask any more of you. Jodie, thanks for joining us. You, you and Kelly came up with, with this. Uh, and what really surprised me is that you came up with it while you're at Best Buy. How, how did this happen at Best Buy? Uh, yeah, that, that's a great question. You know, Best Buy, um, like all organizations, they're trying to solve for many of the same human capital challenges. They're trying to solve for things like attracting and retaining the best talent, you know, productivity, capacity planning. How do we get more from less? real estate footprints, work-life balance, better benefits, amenities. They're all solving for these challenges, but they're using the same tools and techniques and strategies. And many of these techniques are from the 20th century. And my favorite one is using flexible work options or flexibility for work-life balance challenges and calling it innovative. Now, when you think about that, Kellogg Company started manipulating schedules in the 1930s. And flexible schedules are not an innovative idea. Flexible schedule is an oxymoron. So as part of an innovation engine at Best Buy, Row is an idea that Callie and I developed that was not a benchmarked idea. What we realized, Ruth, is that people do not want flexibility. They really want more control over their time. In a flexible workplace, managers have more control over people's time. People don't have more control over their time. So Roe gives everyone 100% autonomy and 100% accountability. No results, no job. Not no results, we're taking away your telework day. That is just silly. So that's how it started at Best Buy. (laughs) There's a lot of things in here that people might be scared of. And look, I mean, one of the rules is all meetings are optional. How do people respond to that? (laughs) That's the one thing that people really get afraid of when they look at the results-only work environment. And everywhere that I go, 
in every speaking engagement I do, people, you know, I'll ask them, I'll, I'll say to the audience, how many of you waste time in unproductive meetings? And all of their arms raise up into the air. And then I'll say, okay, let's talk about how much of your time is wasted in unproductive meetings. And it'll be 30 to 90% of people's time is wasted in unproductive meetings. And then I'll say, well, why do you go to them then? And they just shake their heads. So there's something about meetings and, and the way that we do meetings every day in our business life that we just keep doing it like drones over and over. And every meeting is optional is one of those things that starts to change work culture. When you have control over your time, which is what Results Only Work Environment does, you start to think about, am I going to go to your nasty-ass meeting that is going to waste my time, or am I going to ask the right questions? So let's say that you invite me to your meeting. I will look at it, and I will go, hmm, is that a good waste of my time, the customer's time, and the company's money? What is the outcome of that meeting? What is my role? What do I need to do to prepare? And if you as the meeting organizer have not thought that through and you're going to waste my time, the company's time, and the customer's money, I will call you on that. And every single person in a results-only work environment gets to make that choice. It's very powerful. And so what happens when you do that is everybody gets together and they say, okay, we're going to make sure that every time we meet, we're going to actually be highly productive in what we do. So meetings fall off the calendar, but it doesn't mean people don't meet. It means when they do, it's productive, it's shorter. We meet in a different way. We might meet for five minutes. We might meet, meet on Skype. We might meet texting, but it's very productive and it's short. And we know exactly the outcome of that meeting. Meetings fall off. You know, all those meetings that we have every week, like we're going to meet every week. It's a, it's an ongoing meeting and it's, you know, we're all going to go around the table and talk about what we did last week. What a waste of time. One of the things I personally hate is, is when a colleague says, right, so we're in an hours meeting. We've got 24 minutes left. So what should we cover? And you say in row, meetings tend to sort of half in time, half in duration. Is that right? Yes, they do. Because filling time is also very silly. So if you have a meeting that's an hour, but you're done in 15 minutes, in a results-only work environment, everybody leaves. Why would you say, okay, we have 45 minutes left, what should we do? <laughs> what a waste of time. And so that's the mindset shift that happens, but it doesn't happen usually in a traditional workplace because people in a traditional workplace are used to filling time and they need to fill time because Time is what's rewarded. How much time you put in, talking about how much time you're working. I work 60 hours. Oh, my goodness, I work so much. Everybody's talking about how busy they are. And in a row, that is not rewarded, and who cares? It's about getting results. So people don't waste that time anymore. When you're done, you're done, period. You outline in the book, Work Sucks, that work isn't a place you go to. It's a thing you do. And you say, sort of schools full of rules and and it's obsessed with presenteeism that you're you're there from nine till till five and college is free and easy but with work you tend to resort revert to sort of school behavior is that right so, so row is basically the college to to work yeah, it's so interesting you know when you go to college 
if you choose to stay up all night and party and then sleep all day and skip your class and you don't study, you'll ultimately fail. And then you don't get what? You don't get your degree. It's all up to you. And it's called consequences. But in the workplace, we're okay with people, you know, showing up all day, day after day and not producing a single result. And we still reward them with a paycheck. But in a row, a row acts like, you know, like college, you succeed or fail based on agreed upon measurable results. You are in communication with your team and a results coach on a continuous basis. And you're always autonomous and accountable, just like in college. It works just the same way. Jody, I first encountered Roe in Tony Schwartz's book, The Way We're Working Isn't Working, and he reels off loads of stats about how it works, how it transforms things. Could you give me a sense of the results that you've seen? Well, I have to say this. I'm going to just start out with a very simple, first of all, happy people. So in a row, engagement skyrockets. And because of that, people feel valued. They produce better work and they stick to the organization. And the term absenteeism doesn't exist in a row, nor does tardiness. Those are elementary school terms. The only thing you can be tardy from or absent from are results in a row. It's all about performance management. So people act and are treated like adults, and managers in a row become results coaches. And because of that, everyone treats the business like their own. In one organization, they saw a top-line growth of 100%. Now I'm talking top-line in less than five years. And now they have no assigned workspaces for anyone, not even the CEO. And another saw overtime costs drop 50% in three months. Things happen quickly in a results-only work environment in terms of results. One of the things that's most vivid in the book is you talk about the way to challenge something and you say that you can only challenge something if you give it a name. And so you talk a lot after that about sludge. What's, what's sludge? Yes, now sludge is a nasty, stinky thing. So sludge is really judging how other people are spending their time. And it sounds like this. Mary is leaving early again. I wish I had kids. How did Bob get a promotion? He's never even here. And 10 o'clock and you're just getting in? I wish I could come in late every day. Sludge is what keeps cultures stable. It's all about noticing what someone else is getting and you're not. And it keeps that Monday through Friday, eight to five on-site workplace intact. And anything different, it's labeling. It's like if you're doing anything different than eight to five on-site, you're either a remote worker, a teleworker, a flex worker, or I'm a luckier than you worker. And Results-only work environment makes everything just the work. No labeling, no talking about when people are coming and going. And so that, that sludge is really toxic. It's people feeling like they're being compromised in some way because they're not getting what somebody else is getting. And so all that language and all that stuff is, is irrelevant and People are, are focused on the wrong thing, but they're feeling like they're not getting what somebody else is getting. In a results-only work environment, everybody is autonomous and accountable, and nobody is feeling like they're not getting what somebody else is getting. So we remove that language. It's called a sludge eradication strategy. So if somebody came up to me and said, you know, it's two o'clock, where are you going? I would look at them and I would say, is there something you need? It's as simple as that. Yeah. 
Because if somebody needs something, they just need to ask me for it, period. In a results-only work environment, everybody lets people know what they need, and that's it. So if I, ask, if I say to you, is there something you need, how many times are you going to say to me, it's 2 o'clock, where are you going? Pretty soon, you're just going to ask for what you need. Yeah. It's not going to be about when I'm leaving, when I'm coming, where I am. So in a row, everybody's constantly asking for what they need from each other, and so the work starts happening faster, It's the communication is crisper, it's clearer, everybody's negotiating what they need, the customer gets what they need. All this nasty language that's irrelevant starts going out of the workplace. In work sucks. you talk about how big organizations like Best Buy did this, and then you mentioned Gap adapted this technique and, and used the same methodology, it was a great success. Can you talk me through the process of when a business tries to do row and what are the stages a firm needs to go through to make a results-only work environment work? Well, this is a, a very different platform and it's a very different value proposition because it is an adaptive change. So people have to give up a lot of their deeply held beliefs about the way work needs to happen. So things like people believing that when people are not at work, right, they believe they're not working. So when you think of companies like Yahoo, when they brought everybody back in, yeah. they believe in their hearts truly that people aren't working, okay, if they're not in the office. It's difficult to convince people that if you give people autonomy, they're actually going to do the work. And what's really happening is we're not getting clear with people about what their measurable results are and holding them accountable to that. That's what's difficult. What we're doing instead is we're having conversations with people about work location and time. We're having conversations with people about whether or not they get to work from home that day. That's the problem. So what organizations are doing, and this is what what sort of makes me sad, is that what organizations are doing is they're still playing around with flexibility and they're training managers in how to manage the mobile workforce in 2017. Here's the problem. We're all mobile, okay? Everybody is. And we need to learn how to get clear on measurable results and stop worrying about managing work location. Manage the work, not the people. Organizations that try to do this on their own, when people say to me, who's, who's doing this well and who isn't? I have to be really blunt on this one for your listeners. The organizations that are not doing real well, that are failing, are trying it on their own. The organizations that are succeeding have gone through our process right. because it's a very difficult, it, it takes certain steps to help people overcome the inertia of the deeply held beliefs about work, let go of some of these things and have the tools and strategies to get off on the right foot, so to speak, in adopting this kind of thinking. So we have a lot of organizations that have gone through the training that are on the right platform now and aren't thinking in flexibility terms and saying, well, we're a row. We let some of our people work from home, but not all of them. That's not row. Results-only work environment has nothing to do with managing work location. Nothing to do with it. As it was public, let's diagnose that Yahoo one. So would you say that we're using working from home as a benefit, not a methodology? Is, is that right? Right. When you allow, and I'm going to use that word, allow some people to work from home and not others, what you've done is you've set up a hostile work environment. Right. Okay, so you've not leveled the playing field. You've 
created the haves and have nots. Okay. And people still aren't clear about what the work is and how to measure it. So now when you say, okay, business is not doing well. Oh my goodness. What are we going to do? Let's bring everybody on site. Now you've brought everybody on site and guess what they're talking about every day. They're not talking about the work and getting clear about the work. They're all talking about when do they get to have their flexible work schedule back. They're all mad. They're all upset. They're talking about where they're going to get a different job. That's what people are really doing. They're not getting more clear about the work. Mm-hmm. Leaders and organizations are, are they, they're, they think they think people are working harder when you bring them all back in. They're yeah. not. So I'm interested in the intersection of culture and row. And the examples in WorkSucks are amazing. One person's doing a college degree during the day and their row at night. Another's following a rock band around the US. I mean, is this suited to a creative environment? Is it suited to a sales environment? Can you half do this? Okay, so it is is suited for anybody that does work. So we have been in all sorts of different environments, call centers, retail floors, manufacturing, education, you know, all different kinds of roles. Here's the main thing you need to think about. Since it's all about getting results, you think about what your your outcome is first. What are we trying to accomplish? And then people work together to make sure that happens. Some work, depending on what your role is, there's work that people have to come together in a certain place at a certain time. So you just do that. And then there's other things in your work that you don't have to be in a certain place in a certain time. And then you do that. So every role is different. So the examples in the book, some people who are traveling around with their rock band, they can do their work from wherever. Other people have to be on site. People make that decision based on what their job is or what their role is. For example, a bus driver. You can't do that by following your rock band around. You have to drive your bus. So it it just depends on what your role is. But the mindset is still the same. The platform is still the same. And then your role, adopt your role to it, but but you're still autonomous and still accountable. So you can't really go halfway. You can't be 70% accountable. You're still 100% accountable. You you don't want to be 50% autonomous. You're 100% autonomous. You're still on that same platform. You're still not judging people. You're still not using sludge and you still all have to work together against the outcome for the organization and the outcome for the customer. So the failing on the Yahoo one, it wasn't clear what the output was meant to be. And so because that wasn't clear, it wasn't sure if the employees were doing it. Is is that a fair assumption? Yes, that is a fair assumption. They needed to get very clear about that with everybody and then hold everyone accountable to measurable results, period, and stop worrying about where people are working from. But also, the whole culture needed to start operating that way. So managers need not be answering the question for people, can I work from home today? That's that's an unquestion. Why are managers dealing with that? That's managing people, not results. Man, there are so many examples in WorkSucks. People might be looking for testimonials. There are loads of them, loads and loads of illustrations of how it works. A lot of people said row led to a reduction or an end to workplace politics. Are there any other things you see when you introduce it? Well, it's interesting because one of the things that row does that's really important is it levels the playing field. So there's, there's no more rising to your level of incompetence. So there's, there's not the Peter principle. And it really brings to life what Dan Pink talks about in his book, Drive. Yeah. 
for everybody. So there's that autonomy, mastery, and purpose. So when everyone is on the, the level playing field, it's all about pulling together for one goal and people get their lives back. So the culture becomes opportunistic, not entitled. So it's very important when that starts to happen. It, it rises, the whole culture, everybody rises up and there, there's a different level of um, excitement and uh, pulling together of people in a culture like this. And so you'll see um, things happening like people coming up with, you know, more ideas and people feeling like they're, they say things like, well, I think I'm doing more work, but I feel happier and I feel better. And I'm connecting with, you know, different things in my life that I didn't connect with before. And boy, I would just never leave this organization. We had some people tell us nobody could offer them enough money to leave. So we believe that people are driven by status and more money. And the thing is, is we learned that that's not true. People want that if they're in a traditional workplace and they think, well, I'll be happier if I have more money and more status. But once they're in this new environment where they have literally have their life back and they get to connect with up with the things that are truly important to them, they would never want to give that up and you can't offer them enough money to give that up. That's what we learned. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm related to Rope, but uh, you also mentioned in the, the book Work Sucks that we often use war metaphors and this really stood out to me. I, I used to, well, I've worked in a lot of environments where we use war metaphors. But one of them, one of my old bosses took us to Winston Churchill's cabinet war rooms to make it a particularly emblematic idea. And uh, so, so why do you say war is a bad metaphor to use? You know, it's, it's funny that people use all of these different funny things to try to get people into meetings. I think these things are funny because I think there's one way to frame work, and that is, what is the work? What is the outcome that we're trying to achieve? Who's the customer? And then once you understand what that is, you figure out what the activities are that are going to get you there, period. What are the activities that you're currently doing that are wasting time? Get rid of them. And then how are you going to measure your effectiveness? That's it. And guess what? Once you figure that out, get on the platform of autonomy and accountability. 
and you're you're golden. All this other stuff is just, you know, things that are trying to get people to fit into the old system. You know, I often say to my to, to people that it's it's like we're in the matrix. Once you're in a results only work environment, it's like you are outside the matrix looking in and you just start to laugh at all these other things because it, it's it's senseless. Why are we pretending that we have to play all these games to waste our lives? No more wasting time, no more wasting our lives. Let's get down to business. Let's find out exactly what we're supposed to be doing and get rid of all this other wasted stuff and get it done. Jody, to finish your off this whole project this endeavor row is is 10 years old so what's happened in those 10 years well you know it's 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 been a long time since that book came out and since then we actually wrote why managing sex and how to fix it and that came out in 2013 and we were trying to nudge managers along it's like the field guide and that's one way we're, we've been trying to spread the word and then we also created row university and you can get to that on from our website and that helps organizations adopt some of the concepts using online training what we're trying to do is we're trying to establish as much of the truth of row as possible like I said before, so many organizations are, are still saying, well, we're row, you know, we let some of our people work from home and they're so far off from what that is. Or they're saying, you know, we have row for our salaried employees only. And it's just, it, it, it hurts my heart. <laughs> so hopefully over time, we'll get more and more authentic organizations on board who will get trained by us and adopt that authentic platform so that we can get more across the globe people adopting this authentic platform so we can we can move the future of work to more and more organizations that are going to that are going to help each other with the autonomy and accountability platform where people can really thrive and that the future generation can really pull this across the line. I think I think this is where we're going. And I think this is where, you know, people like Dan Pink, he sees the future of this as well. And I think results only work environment, like he said in his book, this is the platform that brings that to life. And so I'm excited to, um, you know, continue talking about it, continue talking to people like yourself, getting it on podcasts, talking to the media, perhaps writing another book and training as many organizations that are, are willing to take it on. So that that's what we're doing. Thank you so much, Jody. Thank you. It's fascinating, isn't it? I hope, like me, you spend half of the time thinking about that in a mild state of anxiety. That wouldn't work. Uh, we couldn't do that here. The interesting thing, I think, is that normally it comes down to trust, doesn't it? You wouldn't be able to do it because you don't trust someone. And if you don't trust someone... Why are they working with you? So I just wonder if the row system is actually helping you to find fundamental issues elsewhere in your business. If you trust someone to do a job, why wouldn't you trust them to do row? Here's what I want you to do. Please send me your thoughts on this. Have you done any of these things? Have you tried any of these things? Also, add your email address on the website if you're interested in our event. As ever, if you rate and subscribe us on iTunes, it makes the, the people at iTunes very, very happy. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it, as ever. Thank you. Bye. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.